Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Believe that when God puts experiences in our lives, it's for the purpose of sharing and encouraging others, you know. So I encourage everyone, every caregiver to stand firm and always have hope until you can't have hope again, (laughs) you know, hope until there's no hope. Because the time you're having hope is a time you're able to be with your spouse or loved one and enjoy the life that they have left, that they're still here. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, and survival in the face of colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 52 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. We have an interesting conversation coming up, but before we get to that, I want to update you on events taking place in the colon cancer community. Coming up on Wednesday, October 19th is a rather interesting webinar titled 5FU from A to Z. Uh, any of us who've been through chemotherapy more than likely have been treated with one of the most uh, popular uh, chemotherapy drugs that's been around for over 40 years, and that is 5-FU. And during this webinar, we'll cover much that you may not know about 5-FU. So for more information, check out the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org forward slash events. This webinar takes place again on Wednesday, October 19th from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The following day for our friends in and around the Washington, D.C. area is the big event, the Big Bash, the Blue Hope Bash taking place starting at 7 p.m. For more information for those folks that might be interested in attending, uh, again, that is on Thursday, October 20th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. More information available on the Colon Cancer Alliance website. And then for those folks looking to get moving in their undies, get out there and run around in your underwear. Have a great time for a wonderful cause. The undies next stop is in Phoenix, Arizona. The Arizona chapter I know will be out in full force on Saturday, October 22nd at State Capitol District starting at 9 a.m. The undie run walk one mile fun walk in 5k run and the following saturday the undie comes back east and hits the great city of atlanta georgia 9 a.m at john howell park is will be the that uh, location for that one mile fun walk 5k run the atlanta undie then we have an interesting uh race coming up and this one takes place for the folks out near uh, Livermore, California. And this is Roanne's race, which takes place on November the 5th at 9 a.m. at Robertson Park. Uh, For more information on all of these run walks, again, go to the website ccalliance.org forward slash event. I'm real excited about this event. I will be attending uh, the Live Your Best Life Colon Cancer Alliance uh, 
Stage Four Symposium, which takes place in Mesa, Arizona, uh, on Friday, November 11th through Sunday, November 13th. My wife and I will be attending, and I will also be podcasting from the symposium, which is a wonderful opportunity. So for those folks that want to be able to understand what's going on at the symposium, weren't able to uh, make the trip out there, keep a real close eye on the Colon Cancer Alliance website. Again, that's ccalliance.org, as well as the Colon Cancer Podcast website at thecolincancerpodcast.com. So I'll be interviewing uh, many of the guest speakers, some of the attendees, all from that fantastic symposium taking place the weekend of November 11th from Mesa, Arizona. And then uh, that same weekend in Dallas, Texas, is the next stop for the Undie Run Walk uh, taking place at Levitt Pavilion. And that wraps up the events coming up in the next uh, four to six weeks or so. I'd like to thank our sponsor, H2ORS. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated due to an ostomy or chemotherapy, H2ORS can help replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. If you would like to try a free sample of H2ORS, visit their website at h2ors.com forward slash sample and they'll ship one out to you, no strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the promo code CCPOD, which is short for Colon Cancer Podcast, CCPOD, you'll get 10% off your first order. We're going to be introducing a new feature to the podcast coming up, and I want to make you aware of it so that uh, you can participate. And what do I mean by participate? We're going to be starting a uh, Ask the Expert phone line. So you can call in with any questions related to colorectal cancer, treatment, side effects, and I will forward those questions on to our uh, team at the Colon Cancer Alliance to get your answer and report back with uh, what we find out uh, and, and the information that we get for you. So this phone line is at the following number. Write this down. It's 813-434-3215. Again, that's 813-434-3215. That's the Colon Cancer Podcast Ask the Expert line. And uh, whatever your question may be as it relates to colorectal cancer, we'll get you the answer. What I need for you to do is it will. it's a voicemail recording line, so you'll just leave your name, your question, and the other thing we need to know is, are you okay with us uh, playing your actual question, your recorded voice, I should say, on the podcast? So I can either read the question and say so-and-so called in with a question, or I can actually play your uh, question as it's recorded off that voicemail line on the show. And I'd be happy to go either way. Really just have to let us know and we'll get you those answers. So start calling in with your questions. 
Again, the uh, Ask the Expert line is 813-434-3215. And I will be posting that phone number on the Ask the Expert tab of the Colon Cancer Podcast website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. This week's guest is Renee Scott. Renee uh, was a caregiver for her husband, Scott, and Scott passed away a little over a year ago. And she's been very open uh, sharing her journey uh, as it related to caring for Scott uh, up until uh, his death and how she grieved, how she mourned, and how she made the decision and why she made the decision to kind of put it out there, if you will. Uh, she's been an active participant in the weekly grief chat, the online community. Uh, that chat is uh, takes place on Wednesday evenings online. And uh, you may not recognize the name Renee because on Facebook she goes by Gladys. So that might ring a, more of a bell for you. Those of you who follow closely the Blue Hope Nation Facebook group may know Renee um, as Gladys Scott. But uh, check out my story uh, and my interview with Renee Scott. Hi, Renee. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. You know, thank you so much for uh, spending time and, and agreeing to speak with me today. Uh, you've got an important uh, topic to, to share with us. It's not one that we've spent a whole lot of time with. Uh, the last time we talked about the whole process of grief was with uh, Tom Zuba, who was the author of Permission to Mourn, A New Way to Do Grief. But, uh, you know, you've been very out there on Facebook, and uh, Jeannie Moore was kind enough to connect the two of us. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, for our listeners, uh, just take us back uh, to your journey and, uh, you know, life as a caregiver, and let's just start there. Okay. Um, I met Scott in 2001 and uh, um, we met on a dating service. And uh, when we met, we hit it off immediately. We met in April and married in July. And, oh my uh, goodness. Wow. <laughs> and so I just know it was in God's plan because the very next year in 2002, he was diagnosed with uh, stage one uh, colon cancer. It was a very very small at that time and they did a laparoscopic and I remember I always went to this doctor's appointments with him and uh, and um, you know they said it was uh, you know if when they removed it it would be okay and, and small and and uh, things of that nature so and so they removed uh, removed it at that time and uh, and of course, I used colon cancer lines quite often with Jeannie. I called uh, several times with the 800 number and asked questions and educated myself on uh, how to care for them, what it was. And this was 2002, I believe. And um, so we moved on from that and uh, believe it reoccurred again. I believe around 2005, but we never worried about it too much in between. Um, we just uh, had faith that everything was okay, and we lived. And uh, and so it reoccurred, and this time I believe it was uh, 
uh, stage two, I believe, or uh, it was maybe stage two something. I don't remember what, exactly what it was, but it did reoccur right at almost a five year mark. And uh, again, this time he had the surgery, no chemo yet, because according to the recommendations uh, for that particular diagnosis, you didn't have to have a chemo at that time. You you could if you wanted to. And, and he had complications. I think that was the, the problem with the reason it came back the third time is doing that particular surgery. There were complications. His bladder was punctured and and they repaired it in the midst of the operation. And I believe the surgeons sort of wanted to, without saying, to do the chemo, but he didn't really have to and it wasn't recommended. So we, I don't have no regrets, don't get me wrong. And so it was okay. And um, we lived life, went on vacations, did what we did, you know, and he was a minister and and uh, ministered the word. And it came back again uh, closer to, I think, 2010. It either came back two to three times. It always lasted out almost a five-year mark. He just barely made it. And the last time it reoccurred was 2010. And at that point, he did have his treatment. I remember specifically, he did his radiation. He rang the bell and uh, he did some chemo peels. He did all of that before the surgery. But unfortunately, when he did go through the surgery, the cancer had sort of broken up and it was like inoperable, they said, because it was, I don't know how the doctor terms, but they couldn't just remove the cancer without removing his bladder and his, uh, you know, colon and everything because it had spread it out. And that was 2010. And, um, and so they, you know, they sent him home and said that, you know, nothing could be done, but we still had hope. And that was 2010. And uh, fast forward a little bit, we went to a different hospital and we started chemo. And he was NED for almost five years. Wow. And, yep. and then it came back mm-hmm. one more time? One more time. After the after the 2010, it, this is the last time when uh, he had gotten sick. It was 20, uh, beginning of 2015, well, maybe end of 2014, he started uh, the chemo again, up again, because he had done it in 2010, and it worked, and he was NED, and we go through the three-month uh, process and everything, and he was fine. And uh, in uh, 2014, his CEA level started creeping. And even on the scans, it still didn't indicate, didn't see anything too much uh, going on. But the doctor always sort of suspected that it was some reoccurrence. But he went through a lot of different things. But we always had hope and we always moved forward and and I always encouraged him um even sometimes he did have times where he was you know scared you know and uh and you know I would work to just just carry especially going to the going to the to the uh doctor you know going to see the oncologist can be very scary especially after a scan and and sometimes he would uh you know Scott could be sort of um you know uneasy and I would uh, talk to him and and uh, make him easy. I, I'd go to all his appointments that I could. and um, But we still, in between, we still found time 
to live. For example, uh, he had the pump, and uh, you know, if if you're on the pump and then you don't, you have it removed, and you have like two weeks, you have a break. Right. And we would always commit not. We wouldn't think about no chemo, no doctors, <laughs> or anything. That was our break to just do what we wanted to do, and then we we look forward to our breaks. We have we always breaks. I was like hour, like I was, you know, I'm well, talking. And I'm hour talking, is like, right. Was, yeah, like I was doing the chemo too, <laughs> but it sort of. But know, you were was, by you his. Know, you were by his was, side. By his side. And so, and my wife always corrects me too because. Uh, you know, I'm still I'm still dealing with the disease myself, and anytime I say me, she stops me and says, "Sweetheart, it's both of us. It's our yes." I said, "Yes, you're right." So yeah, you're right. And and at what point, Renee, uh, did you realize that uh, you know that the end was coming? Well, it was really at the very, very end. He went to, um, well, the doctor came in. It was in 2015 because he, he passed away in July. It was more at the beginning, um, maybe May or April, somewhere like that. And he had to go back to the doctor because he had a complication and they found that, you know, something was going on. I don't know the doctor terms that couldn't be corrected. And so the doctor came into the room along with this team of doctors. It's like eight to ten of them surrounding his bed and said that he that she had done all that they could do and, uh, and with his treatment. And so he did he did a little profound thing. He said, you know, you, you're taking you taking away my hope. And she said, no, it's just uh, what we can do. And he said that only man cannot take away hope. You know, God is the God of hope and uh, and it's up to humanly possible. That's all that you you can do. You know, but but God can do all things. Basically, he I wish I would have taped what he said because it was really profound. And he more or less said this speech, I guess, about uh, about hope and everything. And then he prayed for the the team. The <laughs> doctor so, did. No, Scott played. Oh, Scott, for, Scott okay, played I understand. for the for okay. the doctor and the team, and um, and he just said a prayer and uh, and uh, you know pray for the wisdom. I don't remember it, but I know that it was a it was a moment. You know, we sure. did break down, and uh, which I believe it was because Scott was such a praying guy, and and we were so prayed up over fourteen years <laughs> through this that it just we just moved through it, and so we, from there. Uh, we went to rehab because I still had hope. I, I didn't stop having hope because I was saying, okay, we'll go through rehab. And uh, after we go, this is, he was weak. I said, we go to rehab, you'll get strong enough, and we'll have one surgery at a time because it was two different surgeries. We have this done, and then we have the other thing done, and it'll be okay. And so we went to rehab and bless his heart. He tried, he, he would walk and I would watch him. He was so thin and I would be so excited. Oh, he walked and he, he with the therapist helping him a little bit and, and what he did in rehab. And I would really, uh, really cheer him on, but I could see that he was, uh, he was really getting tired. And I remember uh, accepting that maybe, you know, he needs to go to the hospice program and I uh, called the hospice nurse and and I talked to her and then we both went 
to Scott in the rehab to talk to him. And when we sat down and she said where she was and where she was from, a hospice nurse. And uh, he said, uh, I want to talk to her alone and wanted me to leave the room. I said, I wonder what's this all about? Because he was very weak, and but he was, you know, able to hear him. And so the nurse, just he and the nurse talked in the room for about 30, 40 minutes. And then when the nurse uh, came out, he had, she had, he had told her, uh, does, do I need to know about this? <laughs> like, he was trying to protect me. It's like, he's like, he didn't want me to know. And so when I went, when I went back in and I told him, I said, baby, I, I know what's going on. And he said, he said, you just surprised me so much. <laughs> and so, and so consequently we went to the hospice and, uh, and because he had lived the first week, I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm still, I'm still hoping. I'm thinking he's not going to pass away and, and we can get him back to the other hospital because he was so thin. We can get him back to, uh, to another hospital and give him this IV food and, and, uh, get him to gain some weight so he can get strong and have the surgery needs. It's all in my mind. And I even got the paperwork, talked to a doctor and told him the situation. And, you know, because I'm thinking, you're, not, you're in hospice a week. You're not going to pass away. And so that was in my mind. And I told Scott about it. And I said, oh, you know, I had an idea, you know, we'll take you to this hospital and uh, get feed you through the tube and get you, get you, get you, get you gaining weight and strong so you can have your surgery. And then I said, what do you think about that? And then he said this. He said, whatever the Lord say. And whenever he said that, that's at the point I knew that this was in. When he said, he just surrendered, whatever the Lord said, in his whisper. Because, because he knew. He knew. He knew. And then I, all along, I was, I was holding on to hope all the way. You know, my sisters and my family would ask how he's doing and, and everything. And I would, uh, you know, about arrangements. And I never would say, what arrangements? You know, I'm going to, you know, it's going to be fine. You know, we're going we're gonna to beat this. This is going to be okay. Yeah. So let me ahead. Let me ask you this, Renee, and uh, and and I need to point this out because this was a surprise to me too. So, so people who are listening that are very involved in the Blue Hope Nation Facebook group, they don't know you as Renee; they know you as Gladys. Gladys. And when I and I when I got the email from Jeannie saying you really should interview. Renee for the podcast and then I it took me a minute to put two and two together so if people are listening and they're like we don't know who Renee is you may you probably know her as Gladys Scott on Facebook but what I wanted to ask you is you were very open on Facebook about everything that was going on between you and Scott you you put yourself out there uh, why well I wanted to be used to encourage others because I know I've gone through this journey I know about how to take care of a person with colon cancer, you know, and you know where the colon is. So it's not a clean job. Okay. And so I know what they're going through. I know from experience. And I believe that when God puts experiences in our lives, it's for the purpose of sharing and encouraging others, you know. So I encourage everyone, every caregiver to stand firm and always have hope until you can't have hope again <laughs> you know hope until there's no hope because the time you're having hope is a time you're able to be with your spouse or loved one and enjoy the life that they have left that they're still here for example scott passed away this is a story we got married july 
28th, okay? But for some reason, I started celebrating, we started celebrating it on the 25th. Every year, July 25th, we do cards to go out or whatever we did. And in the process of uh, looking and, and making arrangements, I found our old program. And I said, we were actually married July 28th. And that's the day he passed away. And so he was in hospice. And I said, well, we're going to still celebrate, you know. And uh, he was pretty alert. And, uh, you know, I had no doubt he was going to pass on the 28th. You know, I was just saying, since we've been celebrating on the 25th, let's continue to celebrate on the 25th like we've always done. So uh, what we did was I had gotten a little smart TV because he loved watching Gunsmoke. And so you <laughs> really? whatever wow. you want on a smart TV, you hook it up to YouTube, you can watch what you want. So we watched all these. I said, we had like 100 episodes of Gunsmoke. We go for one. I said, we might have 50 and we keep going down the line. And so I was sitting in the chair and he was watching Gunsmoke and I was watching Gunsmoke and I would look, it was like starting at 630. I looked at the time that in the afternoon and I looked back at him and he would be awake watching Gunsmoke. And then I would fall asleep. I was tired and I looked back and when I wake up after about a few minutes, an hour or so, I look back, he's still awake. And I said, oh man, I feel bad. I fell asleep. And you know, I like, we like, we've always liked to watch TV together. When we at home, you know, we, won't, we don't want to fall asleep. We want to enjoy it together you know and I said man I missed it I fell asleep and you're awake this time because a lot of times he would fall asleep and I would be awake but anyway toward the end before we got ready to just turn out the lights and go to sleep I told him I showed him a picture of our first date and I said where was this taken and he whispered the baseball game that was the first date we had at the baseball game and then I said well let's celebrate our anniversary like we did when we got married and I had a ding-dong cake <laughs> and, and <laughs> apple juice, okay? Uh-huh. So I halfened the ding-dong cake, and I gave him half, and he took half, and he fed me my ding-dong, and I fed him his, and we encircled our arms and gave each other the little apple juice. So that was our celebration How of sweet. our anniversary, and uh, two days later, he passed away. So after he passed, you continued to, I guess the best way to say it is, is, is grieve in public. You know, some people, yeah. uh, you know, choose to do that in silence, but you, you shared it all out there for all to see you know, all, all of the pain and all that you were going through at the time. Yes. Uh, was that the same, same thought process as before he passed was just to help others or did you have another well, reason? Well, it helped me. I'm a writer. It helped me. When I I was told uh, by one chaplain, and she said, it's best to write. And I was so glad, even before he passed, to like journal what was going on, because now I can read back what happened on these days. And and then I can really reflect how long he was in a state of of being uncomfortable and the state of going, of transitioning. And I look at it, he really, he, he dealt with cancer for several years years, but he didn't deal with transitioning for more than four weeks. And I'm, I'm real grateful. You know, he, his pain was managed. I was real grateful about that. And I remember the day he passed away, I was by his side and he suddenly just was alerted, just sort of set up in the bed and looked, looked up. And then I said, well, what is it? And he was trying to tell me something. And at that time, um, you can't 
talk, you know, when you're so close and, and you don't know what the people are saying. And so I thought, well, do you need to pay meds. What do you need? And uh, he, he couldn't he couldn't tell me. And I got the nurse to come in and, you know, you're in pain. You need something to relax. And, and he just lay back and looked. And uh, and so um, and then a few minutes later, he had passed away. It was like he knew God was coming for him. And he was trying to tell me, and I think, and uh, he didn't, I couldn't hear him. But when I, when I think back, that's what it was. And he he may not have had to say it, I hear the words. It was a little more like goodbye. And because he, when when he he didn't want any pain medicine or he said no about that, he just sat there, he just laid back. He didn't seem like he was uncomfortable or anything. He just laid back. And then... um, I walked the nurse to the door, and then when I came back, he wasn't moving, and he had passed away. So it's been a year now, Renee. So a year has passed, and how do you handle when you see things that remind you of him or you hear something? Uh, What's your response when that happens? Well, I, um, I've always had an attitude of gratitude from the beginning, even right after he passed away, because I was so grateful to God that I got 14 years of a good marriage, because I knew what a bad marriage was like, because it was my second marriage. So I knew what that looked like. I never knew what a good marriage was. And just to experience a good marriage when you're married to your friend, you know, I was just ever so grateful because I didn't even have to have that part. You know, the cancer thing was just the, just the cross we had to bear. But we had a great marriage. We did everything we needed to do. And so I um, how I handle things because I have an attitude of gratitude and I have a peace, then, you know, sometimes I may cry. A lot of times I'll journal, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to my group, <laughs> I'll talk to y'all on Facebook, you know, when I'm dealing with something or I'm, I'm wanting to share something or I'm feeling something, you know, I just, I, I, I listen to my heart and, and uh, God is say, you know, you need to post that. You need to let them know how you're feeling. You need to let them know what's going on. And that's what I do. And now you're giving back by uh, helping out with the Colon Cancer Alliance's weekly grief tra- grief chat. Yes, yes, yes. I really enjoy that. Tell me how you've been able to to help others in that group. Well, well, I just just being there, and uh, you know, at first, initially, I said I didn't want to do chat because I don't like to type. <laughs> okay, so it's a lot of typing. But then when I decided to do it and work with Jeannie. It wasn't it wasn't like I would think it was not it was it was okay. You could type and you could read and you can type and you can read. and You have a nice conversation and you can connect. And so I like to encourage each and every one of you all that was like me that don't want to type. You'd be surprised. You can still connect with others and you can be helped or you can help someone that's going through the grief. And that's my little commercial. Okay, we have grief chat on Wednesdays at six and seven, seven, uh, I think it's uh, Eastern time. For me, it's Central time, six Central. So uh, come in and the typing is okay. And, and since I've been doing it, I don't want to miss. You know, it's something that I look forward to, 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 to sharing my strength and then to learning, you know, what's going on with them. So clearly you're, I, I could just pick up from speaking with you that you're very thankful for those wonderful years you had with Scott. As you, as you look back, how has that whole experience changed you, Renee? 
Oh, it's really helped me. He he was my teacher. Okay, he straightened me out on a lot of stuff, and so he helped me be a better wife to him by straightening me out. <laughs> so <laughs> and so, I just appreciate that whole experience. I am so much better going through that life with him than I could even imagine. And I just am so grateful that God allowed me to learn from him and that I was able to listen and learn. You know, we have to be willing to learn, you know, and swallow our pride and and to learn, you know, learn simple things. Like some of the things that, that he taught me as, as a married couple and it's the three the big three. So if you're married, this is this is how you keep your marriage going. You never argue in public, okay? And if you're wrong, you say you're sorry and don't bring it up again. And uh, and you respect each other. And I, you know, I fail a lot of times. Okay, you know, I fail. Uh, you know, I, you know, I may be a little condescending every now and then, and you know, but you know, but but uh, but he would, he would, you know, he would tell me, you know, and I listen. I said, okay, you're right. And I, I never want to be wrong. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to be wrong. I want to be right. I want to win all the arguments. And but uh, but now I see that he taught me that it's okay to surrender and say, okay, you know, okay, I was wrong because he did it so well. He was such a good example. He, I'm on the computer, whatever uh, we do together, and then he may make a mistake and say, oh, I was wrong, you know. And then sometimes I'll do something and say, well, maybe it shouldn't have been like that, and you know, instead <laughs> of just saying, you know, I was wrong too, you know, um, you know. So uh, so he taught me a lot, and I'm grateful. So the last question I wanted to ask you, Renee, is if someone is listening and, uh, you know, is in the middle of grieving, uh, what, what words of, of encouragement or inspiration would you share? Okay. Number one, and this is what I had to learn. Everybody grieves differently. And initially that aggravated me because I wanted to grieve the right way. I wanted to read the book and I wanted to say, okay, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, and then I'll be through. But that's not how it happens. We have to accept how you're grieving and accept it and embrace it. And it's okay. Don't let your grief try to be like someone else's grief. Don't let your grief be like my grief because I didn't, I didn't shed a lot of tears and I still don't do a lot of crying, but I've cried enough. Okay. And so that's just my way. You may be crying a lot. You may have a lots of sadness and, but that's the way that, that, that you, it's like a, a body. Everybody's body is different. Everybody responds different to medication and treatment. Every one of caregivers responds differently to grief. So I would say embrace it and experience it. Get through it and know it will pass. And once it passes, there's peace and release on the other side, if you believe that. But if you believe that, man, I'm not ever going to get through this. I'm ne- it's never going to pass. I'm never going to, you know, I'm never going to get over this. I'm never going to stop missing them. And if that's in your heart, you're saying that, that's what it'll be. You have to believe, I will grieve. I will move through this. And on the other side, I will go through it and experience the peace that God has intended for me. Beautifully said. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
Renee, where can people find you online? I know that you have a wonderful blog where you, you write so beautifully. And if people want to follow uh, your journey going forward, where can they find that? It's at Renee. You can Google Renee's space, R-E-N-E-E, Renee's space, a journey through grief. And once you Google it, it's one of the first, it's the blog posts. And, um, of course, I'm on Facebook. And uh, my regular Facebook, my public Facebook, is just Gladys Scott. And I usually post the same thing. I'll copy and paste it on both the private. But lots of things that's just personal for colon cancer, for my little family. You know, I don't share it with the with the whole social media. But lots of the quotes that, that God gives me, I will share both places. And of course, if you need some encouragement, are you going through something similar? Be sure and message me if you're on Facebook and it's Gladys Scott. Send me a message and I will I'll speak to you. And they can also just once one more reminder, they can also typically find you in the weekly grief chat, which yes. can be found through the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Uh, just click on get support and you'll find the link there for all, the whole online community. The grief chat specifically is Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern yes. time. Well, Renee, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us and uh, sharing your words of hope and inspiration. I wish you uh, all the best and thank you for all you're doing to, to give back and to help others. I'm sure Scott is looking down and is very proud of what he sees. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You have a good evening. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www. .ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at the colon cancer podcast.com. Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.